Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today's episode is brought to you by Bayfield Brewing Company. And today, I am so excited to have on a 33-year-old from Bayfield, Ontario. His hockey journey has taken him to Canada, the USA, Germany, the Czech Republic, and Poland. He's an RBC Cup top forward an ECAC champion with Union, and a tournament MVP. Also, a second-team All-American, suited up for the Carolina Hurricanes, Vancouver Canucks, and St. Louis Blues, a Polish silver medalist, um, but was well-known as the best artist and painter in the DEL. Welcome to the podcast, Jeremy Welsh. Hey, thanks for having me, Wally. Is that actually, now that, quirky told me that is that did you paint that behind you uh, <laughs> uh i did and actually yeah not uh i didn't know this was going to come up but this is the kitchen yeah and i painted this uh you actually last, did yeah last spring during the uh the That's lockdown cool, as well dude. you got into into podcasts and i got into this uh well everybody's I had a nice got flat a hobby, with a spare right? room so i drink some coffee drink some beers turn up the music and uh fling some paint around yeah no that's awesome actually that looks really cool man and uh so i guess um obviously i said uh i talked to quirky which uh part of how that came up was you sent me the pictures for your poster that lee and carpool <laughs> design and uh i saw you and quirky hugging and smiling and i'm like you're hugging my centerman <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a funny photo too because we were just kind of you're we teasing it up for the camera there Honestly, oh you gotta do that it, sometimes right it, look, it looks like we're just bonafide elated with things but we kind of just yeah we were yucking it up oh uh, yeah quirky is great dude man and uh he was my setterman in sunderyuski um in Denver. oh yeah yeah okay. yeah we finished, I think it was second and third in the league in scoring, actually. We uh, we really zigged and zagged well together. Yeah, he's a, he's a smart player. I, I never got to play with him because I was uh, also a centerman, mostly on that team. But Were you? Uh, I got I, to, uh, really? You were a centerman? Uh, I, I am a, a natural centerman, yeah. I played a bit of left wing because Bordson was a centerman, and we, we really clicked. But uh, I, I think I played sometimes on a PP with Quirky jumped in there so yeah he's a super smart player um and the other reason how we know each other one of them is the reason i got your numbering i got the setup was uh bobby raymond there from lucknow ontario which was also part of locals weeks podcast which uh you are the final one you're the sixth local podcast so um 
Yeah. Thank you to Bobby Raymond for helping me set this up. Yeah. Good, good. Um, and the last one is the time I met you <laughs> would have been, uh, <laughs> yeah, at the Godward Arena there when I was around by myself shooting on an empty net, right? Is that how I met you? I believe so. Yeah, that's the first time I met any hockey players around here. Uh, okay. Because I'm in Concordon, right? Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I don't, uh, I kind of vaguely remember that and you're like, uh, okay that's what happened and then did I invite you out with the the skate or whatever yeah like I yeah somehow like I was out there with all my pro gear on and I saw like all the pro guys come out I'm like this actually happens in Godrich I was so confused because <laughs> oh yeah I, yeah I had just moved to the area oh yeah 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 and then uh you talked to me and I uh Cal Cal was running Cal and uh, Ryan O'Reilly run those skates mostly Cal was at that time and uh yeah, I think you came up. Hey, what's going on? Like, and uh, I didn't have the uh, I didn't have the authority to sign off on inviting you out there. And so, uh, given what I'd seen to that point, I was like, uh, "This is this is like uh, pro hockey players um, training here. It's, uh, it's it's kind of serious." And uh, <laughs> I think you had just been getting back on the ice, eh? Um, yeah, like I really realistically didn't skate in the summers when I played yeah. in Germany because you go over there a month early. So yeah, I, sure. I would never skate. And then uh, when I moved here, the, like when the UK league's different than that, they were bugging me. Like you have to be skating. And I'm like, well, I don't even know where to skate. I have nowhere to skate. And then <laughs> sure. I found out Godrich had free ice at 6am. So then I went there and then you guys were out there. Yeah. Probably at nine or, or whatever we started. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was funny. Uh, I don't think you're in uh, in mid-season shape at that point. <laughs> Maybe that's why they want to be on the ice. <laughs> but, uh, no, I remember he, like, just kind of laughing, and he came in, and, uh, you know, everyone was pretty serious. Like, these guys were running the steps and everything before the skate, and you kind of waddled in there. But uh, as soon as we started playing the three-on-three -three and stuff, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, this guy, this guy's a clever player. He can play around the net and make the plays, so – then all the young bucks that were skating circles, you just outsmarted them. So, oh dear, no, that's when I really started to feel my age. Yeah, that was. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, yeah, no, it really uh, started catching up of to course. me. But I, you know what? Like to be honest, I had never been around guys that that practiced that hard in the summer. I had never been around it. And when I asked Quirky, like if he had anything about you, he just said. He had some of the best drills for after practice he had ever seen. And he's like, he was like a real student of the game. And I was like, well, that's O'Reilly's like, that's the old man and, and the brothers. Cause I saw it for like a handful of ice times. And I'm like, I've never seen people do these drills. I've never seen them work so hard in the summer. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like, no wonder I'm, where like it was nuts and i'd never seen anybody as big and as good at using his body as o'reilly in those skates like when we play three on three i was like he's so wide to get around to get to the puck i was like i don't know ryan right yeah. yeah yeah he he uh i mean he was always good there was like one summer i think it was after his first year in colorado he kind of came back and he had he'd gone from like a, you know uh he was super fit all the time. But then when he came back from his first year in the NHL, he was just a man and he still had that athleticism. He was doing yoga and his hips and stuff. So 
he could like hip hinge, twirl, spin around you, stiff arm you, and then go like one handed backhand. Yeah. Yeah. That was nuts to see. And, uh, Cal had the best hands I'd ever seen. Uh, he could spin you like he'd attack three guys. eh? And in these skates, it was crazy. Cause it was, it was their skate. It was their comfort zone. So I remember Cal would attack like two of us, put the puck, right. You'd lean, right. He'd put it left. He'd go left. He'd go right through you. You know, he could spin you around just by putting it in the little, uh, little areas and triangles. Um, yeah. And, and those guys, I think that was a big part of me. Um, going from, you know, a junior B junior A guy to being able to go to college and get better and better, just kind of being exposed to those guys and how good they were. And, uh, it's like going to a pro training camp, you know, it's 17 or whatever at home, just kind of like, wow, this is, this is no joke. And I, I, I honestly, I honestly can't agree more because like, I think I, I was 32 or three at the time and I showed up and I'm just like, oh, I'm in the UK league, you know what, you know, I'm going to go over there and play well, it's all going to be good. And then I went out there with those guys and the young guys that were skating circles around me. I was like, Jesus, I need to do more. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we weren't exactly competing against you at that time. Right. Most of those guys were going uh, to NHL camps and stuff. So they're a little more young and, and motivated, but uh, yeah, Cal, uh, I mean, Ryan wasn't as vocal. He was pretty quiet and he just, he worked hard. But if Cal, uh, if we open up a drill, like we do a passing drill to open the skate, get warmed up. If guys are missing passes, Cal would like, you know, wake the fuck up. Jesus, make a fucking pass. Let's fucking go. Oh Slap yeah. And this is in a, su- this is in a summer skate. And I'm this thinking is- I've just, <laughs> I, I just been out shooting on an empty net, like cruising around. <laughs> yeah. No, when they'd always uh, have the skates in the summer, I'd always make sure I got out to that 6am I'd get up and, and go there and get like, you know, a week, two weeks of skating in. Cause I didn't want to embarrass myself. And when you go out there, there's no like, floating around or something so uh i mean cal's still getting it done in the american league too so you, you see that that work ethic pays off and Is as he i said really? I think, yeah he was he led the um philly's farm team uh the phantoms there in uh, in scoring this year allentown or whatever they're just outside philadelphia he's the captain there uh, I, I do remember like he is a captain like he's a hundred percent a captain I remember the first practice he was there and then I think he was gone for the rest of them I think it was only the first practice but I do remember the guys being hesitant about letting me on the ice because of my body type and that just sometimes hurts you know <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> you know that was only logical thinking on our end everyone was young and just shredded up from a summer of training and <laughs> you didn't know you didn't know what a 30 something year old body looked like at that point eh? no, and it wasn't exactly a, a passing game you know it was a lot of moving and so guys i were was a passer and more positional you know at that also we <laughs> also we'd seen like you know if, if kids would come out like a triple a kid or uh sometimes uh cal's dad brian would try and throw a guy in there like hey i'm training this guy you know get him out on your skates <laughs> if he came out and uh I guess if they just didn't, this one demon would come out. He's a little bit lackadaisical, eh? Like just kind of too cool for school. And Cal used to just snap on him. Or if Cal lost a game because this guy was nonchalant, got his pocket picked, he would just snap. 
And that's what a captain is. And that's why he's a captain wherever he goes is because that's him in the summer skates. I can't imagine during the season, like he'd just be that all the time. And like, for me, summer skates were fun. It was like, I was, you know, I was out there podcasting. I was just out there having fun. So anyways, we better move on because this is the perfect transition now into our final locals pod is we have a sponsor, which I mentioned earlier, which is Bayfield Brewing Company located main street Bayfield. And uh, since we were on the topic of the O'Reilly's is, one of their beers is the Snook Stout. It's a carbonated stout. Their darkest feature showcasing the creaminess and deep flavor of an Irish style stout and a rich and balanced flavor profile with hints of roasted malts and caramelization. This beer is an ode to their local Stanley Cup champion, Ryan O'Reilly. A portion of the proceeds from every Snook Stout sold is donated to the Bayfield Community Center. So I think that's a perfect transition for Locals Week. And um, I uh, am just curious, because I know his nickname is Snook, which is Snook Stout. What's Snook from? Do you know? Uh, I just know from hearing him say, I think uh, Snook, some say Snook, some say Snook. I think it's uh, an Irish word for a mischievous young boy. Okay. And well, anyways, the, um, thank you for sponsoring the podcast. And um, I thought it was perfect um, that they would do this, especially when they have a beer named like that. We're going to talk about yeah. uh, Snook on here. So anyways, moving on, because we need to know where and what are you doing now? Uh, well, at the moment, I'm in Hamburg, Germany here. I'm staying with my girlfriend. Uh, I stayed here last summer for till about September 1st with the delay to the seasons with COVID. And uh, so I'm back here again, just enjoying uh, being here. And this is a beautiful city and uh, it's a great summer city too. Uh, more bridges than any uh, city in Europe, even more than Amsterdam. So the canalways, I've got a, a nice inflatable racing paddleboard and I've got a, a gravel bike and a couple of bikes. I just kind of enjoy, enjoy the city each day. Um, I've actually been to Hamburg at least three times. Um, yeah. Uh, one was time was when I was playing with quirky. We went on, uh, I went on a vacation there, but, uh, it's a beautiful city. There's that big lake and you got the places to sit out for a coffee or a drink or whatever. And everybody's walking around and doing things. And then the other time I was there was I was flown there for a knee appointment with a doctor. Apparently there was a really good knee doctor there. Okay. But, it, but anyways, it's a beautiful city and, um, next thing is, uh, can do Sprechen ein bisschen Deutsch if du wohnen in, uh, Hamburg, Deutschland, oder? If du wohnen. Uh, kleines Deutsch. Um, oh, leck mir Marsch, du have ein Frau in Deutschland, oder? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's. One year, then two years, and then uh, here I am. So uh, I, I speak enough to go. I go to the farmer's markets, the Volhen markets, and get all my food. And I can uh, order all my veggies and all my food and uh, grocery shop and order and stuff in the restaurants. It's just uh, conversational, not not so much, but uh, you can, yeah, yeah you can get by. I'm a little bit embarrassed at, uh, about it now. Um, 
obviously I'm doing some Rosetta stone, but it's kind of one of those things. One year turns into two turns into three. And I, I started learning a lot of stuff, uh, my last two years here. And then I, after I left for nine months, it's, uh, Oh, it would she, be. she slips away pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. No, for me, it was like, I've mentioned it before is like in the second league, it's totally different than the DL because you're hanging out with the Germans more. There's less imports. So sure. you're around it more. And when you go to the bars, everybody's speaking German, where in the DL, everybody's speaking English. And I find it interesting that everybody I've had on that played in the DL can't speak German. And I just, it, it's the way of life over there because there's 10, 11 imports and you're not going to speak german when there's that many guys around but in the second league you do and then uh i yeah i was there for six years so like that's a long time of my life um sure but anyways that's why i was just curious because and, and how, how well did you get to speak um i was good enough <clears throat> i mean i heard that sentence per- you, you clearly wrote out beforehand and rehearsed uh, no, at one, at one point I may or may not have been good <laughs> enough to do a unemployment meeting in German, no English, um, and get unemployment for the summer and then fly back to Canada. But I, I cannot confirm nor deny that. Nice deal. Yeah, no, I was. I also canceled my cable and internet over the phone all in German one time. That's how good I got by the end. Yeah, that's pretty good. But I'm not like that anymore. It's they say if you don't use it, you do in fact lose it, right? Yeah. And that would be the yeah. nine months you go away. Uh, that I was away this last time. My last year in Grayfell, I started picking up what people were saying and that I, I couldn't re- respond. But uh, <laughs> in the DEL, there's also, you know, 10 imports of coaches speak English. Uh, I had years there where you didn't want to speak German because uh, you didn't want to know what the Germans were t- saying about the imports. So you, you kind of ha- that does happen over yeah. there. Like, and that's so, how so different my experience is. Is in the second league, the coach my first year only spoke German, no English. I didn't know anything that was happening, and I just went with it. So, anyways, yeah. we better move on though, because man, we're still stuck. Uh, the introduction what are you doing here now yeah like we're, we're not <laughs> even into this yet um because you are in hamburg now but i had seen you had just finished in krakowa krakow did, and uh what happened there you were playing in poland yeah so uh yeah I, just with the covid situation i kind of got caught with uh with my pants down there and so uh it was November and a friend of mine here, Andrew McPherson. I don't know. He's a, you might've known that I, yep, name. He's, I, I, he's I a, met him. Yep. Andrew McPherson, Del two guy. I played with him in Bremerhaven. And so he had played uh, in Krakow and went on playoff run and um, to finish his career. And so he was dealing with some VH skates with them. And he said, Hey, his team's looking for some forwards. Are you interested at all? I'm not going to give him your name. And at that point, uh, you know, there wasn't a whole lot cooking. There was some Dell two stuff in the pipeline. And, uh, that's about it at that point in time. And I wasn't too high on going to like, let's say said there was, you know, you could go to a better league, but it was less money. This team was uh, paying decent quiche. So, uh, and did yeah, you play against the Shahura brothers while you're over there? Yep. Uh, we played them in the semifinals and you put them out then. Yeah. We knocked them off. Wow. Geez. He's going to be upset. So Chewy, the 
the, the older one, Paul, um, yeah. he was my centerman at university at Western Michigan. So he hasn't been able to come on the pod yet. He, he's, you know, he, he might still play again, but, um, yeah, um, he, uh, went over there to play with his brother and I, he was in Poland after a great KHL career so far. Um, yeah, but you guys put them out, eh? So that would have been a pretty good series or what? Yeah, they, uh, we thought they were the top team. And then when we got to the finals, we met uh, a team like the New Jersey Devils of the Polish League. They were just real well coached, kind of locked it down. And we were a bit more of a riverboat gambling kind of unit. So, <laughs> yeah, but they had, they had some good, uh, like uh, North Americans on that team. And um, you'll have to ask him what he thought because it's uh, coming from the KHL, you know you get to the Polish league, my first game and my second game, I was like, what in the hell is going on out here? It's just like guys are big and strong and they're just as fast as any other players in any league. Right. And, uh, they play like full speed. So the they first just, game they're, they're my, not sure where they're going, but they're going they're, fast. They're, no, they're not sure where they're going and the, the puck might come or it might not, but it probably won't get past anyone either. So everyone's just flying around. And so you're like, I thought, you know, go out there, hang on to it, slow it down. I'll, I'll take it over. And when you got out my first, my first game, my first period, I looked at the other imports and was like, oh, I'm not getting paid enough to do this. These guys are like KHL speed, KHL size, but just between the ears, it wasn't uh, the same caliber. So it was a different, uh, different game for sure. Yeah, no, I, I am curious to hear from him what he thought of it. Okay, so moving on, then you did lose to the Devils that year, but I just, just for fun, I just wanted to start some rumors because I know in the UK League, they can never announce, or they, they, they don't, they tell you you cannot say anything about going there. But is there a chance that you might be going over to do school somewhere in the UK at some point in your life? <laughs> uh, at some point in my life. Yeah. That's, that's on my uh, to-do list for sure. My to-do list. Yeah. That, that MBA program is definitely uh, appealing. And um, you know, as you get older, Wally, you know, like uh, just dropping into these towns and playing ice hockey sometimes can get a little uh, slow or if it's not going great, it's, it's kind of a, are you playing with something with your other hand down Sorry. There below? Yeah, I think you're clicking something. I can hear it. Yeah, oh, I was yeah, clicking a pen. Oh, that's okay. That um, I, I get nervous too talking to you. I, but um, no, um, the MBA literally changed there. my life. And if you can do it, if you can do the MBA, you got to do it. It's the best thing you can do because I was – around your age when you met me just so you know when you guys were all laughing at me five yeah. years ago or six seven years ago whatever that was i think it was six years ago right like ryan o'reilly okay. hasn't won a stanley cup he's not a con smythe winner um and ah, it's probably long ago than that uh well it was when i was going to cardiff i know that i don't know which year it was going into it oh okay probably your first i think i was almost a college kid or something I think no. it was more like eight. Oh no, I was no, a pro player. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah. Anyways. Um. Yeah. Where was I going with that? Uh, it's a great thing to do. You should definitely yeah. do the MBA. Yeah. If you ever have the chance, I'm just saying. Not. I don't want to start rumors that you might be going to that league. But I just heard a rumor. Um. Because I I host a podcast that like 
geez, that would be great because, you know, he's at that age. Hopefully he could do that in his life. But if you're into it, that'd be great if that could happen. Um, anyways, moving on. Um, growing up in Bayfield, and I have no idea if they have an arena, but um, part of the proceeds go to the Bayfield Community Center of the Snook Stout. So they must have an arena somewhere. Uh, yep, there's a small little pad there. Uh, it's got to be the smallest rink. One of the smallest rinks in Ontario, like for a, for a town rink. It's a, it's a super small pad. Um, when I was a kid, it was great. Uh, I used to go in with my mom. Moms and tots skate. So we could go in and skate when I was like two, three years old before I started school. But uh, after a certain age, when the BCH kind of all came together there, it uh, kind of got relegated because the pad is like uh, maybe a four on four sized uh, ice pad. So well, it's, is that it's right? perfect. It's not even full ice uh it's it's not so i had skated there you know when i was 12 13 I hadn't skated there for a long time till i was in college and went back and it was shocking how small it was but it's perfect for uh, men's leagues or young kids or you know four and four men's league it's great there well, that sounds pretty cool um so yeah. then if you're not so okay i don't know where that is in bayfield i just kind of cruise through the main drag i've been to some uh cottage parties just north of Bayfield where we would we'd hit the golf course um this was during uh late high school early college and then uh we did make it to uh to uh Bayfield Brewing Company there on the main drag um and hit their patio which was really nice at one point that would have been geez that would have been I, I I don't even know if it would have been the same name that uh, would have been 20 years ago, 15 years ago. <laughs> same place though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think it was named the same back then, but I've been on their no, patio. No, it it's beautiful. It is. Uh, it is actually a great patio. Just yeah, to I've sit been down on and it, yeah. watch the, watch the world go by. I had no idea though, that there was a rink in that town. So then where do you play minor hockey? If it's not on that little rink, which sounds like yeah, so, a, a so, great place for a little tournament. Anyways. Yeah. I played there and I don't know. Uh, Played there, and then I joined the Huron Perth Lakers, uh, grade eight, grade seven. So you seven. played on that little rink until grade eight. Yeah, grade seven, I guess. Grade seven, eight, nine. I played for the Lakers, and then uh, in the meantime, BCH Bayfield Clinton Hensel formed uh, one hockey association. So most of the hockey then got moved to Clinton, Clinton, pretty much. Uh, sometimes Hensel, but Bayfield was a practice facility for the younger kids. Yeah. Okay, so you're closer to Clinton. That's a tough uh, town on the pod there. I played for the Ripley Wolves. We lost in the finals to them. It hurts. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so that is interesting. So you go there, but then you end up with the Waterloo Siskins. How does that happen? Because I played for the Elmira Sure Kings, which would, so you're playing in the big rec center in Waterloo. How do you end up there? Yeah, well, uh, I ended up getting cut from the, the Lakers team in my draft year. So that great tenure uh, going in, you know, hoping for a big year and uh, get some eyeballs from the OHL scouts. I ended up getting cut out of training camp, which was a pretty big shock. That would uh, be a very shock because I've skated with you and that doesn't make any sense. How would that even be possible? Yeah, and I, I think I was assistant captain the year or two before and it was a new, it was a first year team when I'd started. So there was four or five, six, seven guys that had been there for the time. And then a new coach came in and I think he got, you know, a bad birdie in his ear that 
maybe his son was a centerman too and was kind of saying that I stonk and was a bad guy or something. So uh, that sounds he, about right. That doesn't sound sounds like it adds up. But uh, so I got cut from that team. So I went and played for the BA, BCH Ice Dogs. That's the, that local association. So in grade 10 and 11, I was playing high school hockey and for the Clinton uh, Bayfield Clinton Center there. So uh, how I got to Waterloo was uh, we played in the high school championships and we went to Stratford. I think we were playing Stratford uh, Northwestern. And uh, the coach of that team was Terry McCutcheon, who was a junior B legend with the Waterloo Siskins. And uh, he was the assistant coach the next year. So we played them in the finals and uh, I was playing really and well. And he saw you play. And then he, he saw yeah. me play. Yeah. And so uh, I think it was two summers. I was going out to the Cullies. Like they had it in Goddard. They were combined with the Sailors. So I went out to their rookie camp. And they'd bring in the Cullies young guys. And so I had a great camp. The f- no, okay. Next year I went in and was like lights out. Like the, I, I wanted to play for the Cullies so bad and uh, had a great training, a little rookie camp, blah, blah, blah. And the Cullies were just kind of big time in me basically. And uh, early August, I think this Waterloo Siskins called Al Kimmel was a coach and Terry McCutcheon and said, Hey, I, I know a kid we should get him out for just to skate. So they called me down. I went and jumped into an exhibition game. Uh, I think it was a young, young players exhibition game. We were playing a kitchen Dutchman. So all the young players and all the, you know, the brass, I guess from the Siskins were there and I played one game. And after two periods, Al Kimmel was like, Hey, uh, we want you on our team bad. Like you got to play. Uh, yeah. Here, no, like we, I, I skated with you just a couple times and like, we've talked about the O'Reilly's, but like when I skated with you, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, I was like, I have no idea who this guy is. And you were saying that same about me and my terrible body. I get it. But like, I saw you go out there and you guys were all so serious. And then I saw you going top cheese all the time. You're six, three, in shape and i'm like seriously who like who are the, like i didn't and i didn't know anybody right i just moved here <laughs> so yeah, yeah. very interesting but i i am shocked to how that's the way it went that like you didn't make the coltons and no it, they were a big time team and they always got big big imports and some american guys so uh and to be honest that's that's the way it's been for me um even if we go on from the, like, so the coach Al Kimmel saw me said, Hey, you, we need you on a team. Like we're watching you play against, you know, some OHL draft picks that we have to develop and you're, we're way better than them. And he just kind of said all the things that I was thinking, but no one had said. So, uh, yeah, I joined there and, uh, I was yeah. kind of there. Okay. You, you know, know what? You got too much stuff in your career that we can't get stuck in junior too long here because they're, you're, carry you're, on. you know what? You're still playing, but there's too much to go here is that <laughs> you decide to leave there and go to the Oakville blades and then become an RBC top forward. So how, why do you leave the Siskins to go there? Because that's what it seems like a lot of kids would do nowadays is leave this Midwest junior B league to get scholarships. Sure. Yeah. We keep moving along. I would, it is an important part, like, uh, catching on with the Siskins though, because if, if that didn't happen, I might've been dead before it even started. So that's very true. Um, th- so I don't, if I, and do you think that's because like, oh, yeah, because you did get cut, like you're 
OHL draft year. Like that's gotta be strange. And that's how that's gotta have something to do with that coach and everything. But then that would change things drastically if you don't catch on. Sure. So I'm in grade 11, you know, and uh, playing grade and everything, but you're playing in your hometown. So uh, yeah, maybe you can go play for the wing of Ironman for a year, but now you're going into your 18 year old year, 19 year old year and trying to be a junior B rookie. So it was just, kind of do or die and, and it worked out and uh after two years there uh a team came down from oakville um and georgetown was there too but they had uh, they were sending like 10 12 guys a year on scholarships at that point oakville blades were uh top quality team top five teams in the opjhl the rest you know aren't great but they were the top tier so the guy, uh, Richard Clark was the name, came down and said, hey, come try out. And I went to their little uh, tournament camp in the summer. Same thing. The coach was like, yeah, we, we need you on the team. And so they brought me in and like a, a official visit type deal in college and showed me around. And just with the, the scholarships they were getting, that was my goal at the time. So I joined Oakville and uh, yeah, we had great teams for two years. So can and- you just leave? Are you just allowed to leave the Midwest or do they get any compensation or anything? Uh Maybe they got compensation because they're losing uh, one of their best players and you just leave like that's like that can't be good for that league if that's the way it is nowadays, because there aren't many uh, scholarships in that league. And I was one of those guys five years earlier that all of us were getting scholarships from that league and it was a better league like sure. Right. Maybe it could be a better league again. I'm not sure, because uh, at that time, the OPJHL was spending some money and, you know, some gas in the tank. And I was doing uh, classes at Wilfrid Laurier uh, that we're getting paid for and stuff. Uh, but, uh, and I think uh, the coach had changed. So Al Kimmel had moved on or gotten fired. And so they had uh, hired a new guy and he was kind of like, and I said, this is time for me to leave too. So it worked out and uh, played for one of the top teams in the country, basically for two years with the Oakville Blades there. Well, if you're so we, yeah, we got to keep going. So the RBC cup, that's the best teams in all of junior a, like not major junior, but all of junior a all across Canada. And you were the top forward. Is that correct? That's correct. So that's a pretty big deal. Uh, it was a big deal. Uh, top forward at the tourney. And, uh, I remember, uh, my uncle was in the stands and on, they had messed up my birth year. So it said 1990 instead of 1988. So oh dear, I, I would have got them hot to trot. <laughs> so I was nine, I was 19, but then, uh, some, my, my uncle's in the washroom or out smoking and started talking to a scout and he's like, Oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm watching my nephew. Well, she's like, wow, wow. He's a hell of a player. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's, you know, we're looking at him. He's like, yeah, he's anyway. He said, he's like 17. He's like, no, he's 19. He's like, what? He's a 90. No, he's like, no, I'm pretty sure he's born in 88. And so uh, he told me that story and then, uh, top forward. Um, and I still couldn't get a sniff from these U S colleges. Uh, Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So big season, the top forward and going into next year, my 20 year old year, they said, you're going to be the captain of the team here. We're going for it again. And, uh, I think I had a phone call from, uh, like a Northeastern and then maybe Maine were like kicking tires. Do you want to come for a two for four? We might lose a guy, but they didn't really bother to call back. And, uh, so I went into the next year without really much going on. Uh, yeah, I guess your final year as a 20 year old after Mm -hmm. you're at the top forward and all of, okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so it uh, still doesn't make sense to me because I skated with you four times and I was like, holy moly, who is this dude? Well, this is, I guess at, at every, it's always been the same as uh, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then uh, as soon as someone sees you, or I think someone smart sees me, they, they can see what I have. But if you're just checking off, like skating uh, style, uh, you know, toe drag, then maybe I'm not on the list, but uh, I had visited union and RPI that summer, actually unofficially, you know, and nothing was going on. Come take a look, submitted my papers to union for financial aid and nothing was really cooking. And uh, after the first weekend uh, of the season, I did the, the rookie showcase, not a lot happened there. And I'm 20 going into the, my last that year. Like, right? Yeah. It wasn't much cooking, you know, talk to a couple teams. Thank you. Thank you. And then, you know, my teammates had talked to the same teams and they're like, yeah, he called me. He wants my information. I'm like, Oh, uh, never heard from him again. Actually. I didn't even get that pamphlet in the mail. So pretty discouraged. And I think it was the second game of the year. Uh, we were down four nothing. And, uh, in a third period, I think in the last 12 minutes, I had two and two and, uh, we win the game and that goalie on my team, his dad was an NHL scout. And so, uh, he also had went to union, you know, back in the day. And so, he called uh, the head coach, Nate Lehman, and said, hey, listen, uh, if you want to get Jeremy Welsh, I know he visited, like, you might want to do it. I'm sitting in the stands here. There's quite a few schools and some, you know, scouts here watching. And so uh, when I got home that night, my billets had left a message, like, call Coach Lehman. doesn't matter how late it is. And so I, I called him at about 1230, and he said, hey, good news, you uh, – your grades went through and uh, how would you like to come to union? <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. And union's a pretty good school, right? Like that's uh, one. What did you, so you went there? Did you? Uh, so anyways, um, there was other schools in the mix. You go to union and you guys are good the whole time and you're good the whole time. Right. Yeah. Well, there wasn't really other schools in the mix, you know, like really at that point. And then, uh, but anyway, yeah, I went to Union uh, mostly if I'm going to go to school, I wanted to get the best education I could. And Union was was that for me. So Let's, um, so just to cut in here, but like at 20 years old and you're right, like you're going to college, you're not thinking the NHL pro hockey is really a thing, because if you're going on a scholarship that late and there's only one team like you don't really think there's any options after right you're just going to get a good education right uh i'm going to get a good education but at the same time like was it deep know, down was, in you like i'm gonna no, be a pro well, hockey player i guess at that point just moving forward i wanted to be a pro hockey player but i thought you know how cool would it be just to like play a little bit in the american league and like just to play in the american league would be so cool but uh I played in the OJHL. There's guys getting drafted and uh, Joe Colburn was at that RBC and he was a first round pick. And so I was playing against guys that were And you're drafted. the top forward. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, I'm better than him or not better, but these guys that are getting drafted, I I'm right there with them. I happen to be two years older, but uh, you know, so I just kind of trusted what I had felt and, but going to school was just uh just trying to get in the lineup, you know, freshman year, these guys were huge and, and mature. They got a lot of Western Canadians there uh, lifting weights and stuff. So, you know, the freshman year I would go in and it wasn't like 
I want to play in the NHL. It's like, I, I want to play in most of the games here. And <laughs> yeah, not maybe, a healthy yeah. scratch. Yeah. I not remember good scratch. It. Yeah. So that was the main focus there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you did well, like by looking at your stats is basically every year you did better, which I do have a couple guys that I've played with on your college team, but I don't think we can get into that because you still got too much here, too much stuff to go through. All right. So keep it moving. Yeah, we're going to have to, but every year you got better. And um, like by the end, you're literally like your team is the best team in the ECAC. Um, and it, it sure looks like you're about the best player in the ECAC. Um, so how does that all happen? Like, what's the progression through college like that? You, you get the confidence, like I am, I am, I got it here. Cause I kind of had to go through all that too. Like I, yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, well, the, one of the biggest things for like getting an NHL deal and coming out of there was that the team had just hit this. Uh, so when I showed up, they had never won a playoff series before. Um, and then that freshman year, we went to the Cleary Cup finals, the ECAC championship, won our first playoff series. And then the next year, Cleary Cup, Cleary Cup. So it was, I got there right on the upswing, kind of the, the crest what's of the way. What's a Cleary Cup? Is that the ECAC? ECAC championship. Yeah. So, so that first year we went there, then the next year was the first uh, time getting ranked and uh, we got into the national tournament. And so it was just kind of like, Union's program was just kind of on the rise and And I happened to be getting there at the right time and uh, playing a part of it. So, you know, how, when that happens, everyone thinks like, obviously if you're part of the, part of the solution, it looks good. So, um, but we, they started recruiting good players. Um, The older guys were good and, and good BCHL guys. And then they started getting some, some studs like, Josh Juris, Dan Carr came in. I played with them on a line. That was a big reason why I had so many goals uh, that junior year. Um, Goffless Bear, Matt Bodie was there. Um, Keith Kincaid was our goalie the first year. Then Troy Grosnick, who played with LA one game this year. So they just started getting real good players. And once the program does well, obviously everyone gets uh, gets the benefit of the doubt on those deals, I guess. Well, that's what happens in hockey every year, though, is the teams that win – teams want the guys that help that team get there and the teams that lose are like well if you weren't the best player on that team like you're done um that's kind of how it works right um that's 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 basically been exactly what's uh i'd say my dl career has happened you know you get to a team the team underperforms hey you're you're a nice player but uh smelly we gotta drum up some interest for next year and well you have to and they do they do they do it every year i've been in germany i saw exactly what they do it's uh you are you're just you're just there for the time they love you until they don't anyways moving on right so you were like the guy by the end of college, like um, I saw the stats and I saw how well the team was doing. You name all those guys. Well, you're the top scorer and second team, all American, right? Like, and you win it. So like, I understand the winning does help everybody, right? That helps everybody move up. But um how hard was it to decide to leave school? Cause you did leave, right? 
Yeah, I left after my junior year. Uh, it wasn't that hard. <laughs> uh, I had I had uh, 16 contract offers, uh, and I had basically a semester or semester and a half left of college. So, and I was turning. I think I just turned 23. So if I stayed around the next year, I would have been 24. Maybe I just turned 24 actually. And I was like talking to my coach. He's trying to get me to stay. I said, if I stay here, I'll be 25 next year. You realize that, right? Like I'm like college girls are looking young to me already. And I'm a junior. This is Time these people go. are eight, 18 years old and stuff. No, like and, I'm, and, I'm, no you're, that, 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 you're right. Like when you get to college at that age and you have 16 contract offers, there is nothing to think about. So no, how do you yet. decide which which contract to go with because they got to be all basically almost full full go um entry level deals uh no there was about six teams that were offering this uh burn a year setup yeah so, so uh, you get to become a free agent sooner uh so i was an rfa yeah so i signed with carolina played one game one game of the season then i was all of a sudden negotiating my second contract so uh, there were six teams that were willing to do that. And so they were obviously the only six that I considered and uh, went to the library, got a little uh, study room and uh, took a call with my agent. And I think it was 45 an hour call. And it was just like, yeah, Carolina, this is where they see you fit. Uh, they don't spend money because they're cheap. So they really believe in you. And I said, I, I just want to go where I have a chance to play, play in the league. There was, you know, some big, like Chicago was in there and some big clubs that it's like, wow, that'd be unbelievable. But it's a little bit intimidating to sign with the Blackhawks or the Leafs or one of these teams that can kind of burn through guys. So uh, Carolina seemed to be the best uh, opportunity for me. Um, I, yeah. And part of it's like where there's opportunity, right? You don't want to, like you said, like, trying to get into the Blackhawks lineups different than I, whatever year it is, like which team's better, right? Like you want sure. a chance to play. It's not when you're getting to the NHL, it's completely different than going to Europe. When you're going to Europe, you want to go to a team that can win. When you go to the NHL, you're trying to pick a team you can get in the lineup. You can right? play on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not about the team, folks. It's not about, yeah, it's the, not about the city. It's not about uh, <laughs> the jersey color. It's just like, yeah, you just need to get get, get your foot in the door. So, yeah, and that's exactly what it is. And uh, that, yeah, I, I personally, deep down, didn't like it. But um, anyways, before we continue on more, I forgot to uh, explain more about uh, – the Bayfield Brewing Company's most popular lager that I've been sipping on all night. It is the Navigating Lieutenant, a light lager um, named in honor of the British naval officer who chartered, chartered the shores of Lake Huron. The Navigating Lieutenant is their lightest session lager with subtle hints of citrus and a crisp finish. There's no need to go exploring and further drop your anchor. And a joy today. Anyways, moving on. Where are we now? Uh, I just left college. Jeez, you're just getting there now. And you so that's that was the question I had on the notes was 
one <laughs> game question mark. And I was so now I understand it. It's all about the contract and that you get to renegotiate instead of an entry level deal earlier. So what was that like signing that deal and knowing you were going straight to an NHL game and who did you play and what happened? Yeah, that was a wild, uh, because we were at the frozen four. So the team had lost on Thursday night to fair state. And so, uh, going in, I had known, I, I told my housemates, my, my six classmates, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm signing. So it was not a, a big shock at that time. There was lots of talk of it anyway. So they were the only ones that knew. And, uh, yeah. So, so we lost and I mean, I was devastated, obviously it's college and those are your brothers and stuff. So I remember being that night being really, really down and it's a chance for a national championship. And then uh, when I got back to the hotel, everyone was kind of uh, changing their clothes and going to rip it up. And uh, I met my parents and just kind of went back to bed because, or went back up uh, in the morning I was signing uh Actually, that night I signed. Uh, Ron Francis and Rod Brindamore were uh, were there, so uh, we met up in the hotel, the ballroom, or whatever, and they brought the contract. And uh, I have a picture uh, shaking Ron Francis's hair, and Roddy Brindamore is there, and Jason Carmonos. And um, so tried to get some sleep. Then the next morning, uh, went to the bus. Everyone was packing up our stuff, so I threw my bag into the the Jeep Cherokee with uh, Ron Francis, Brindamore, Carmonos road shotgun and was like all the guys were getting on the bus and i was like hey like i'll see you guys shortly and so i'm going to the nhl right now uh, i'm going to the national league uh tomorrow and uh, i'll be back yeah so uh that and that was pretty cool been quite the experience yeah 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 it was wild and uh so then we drove i don't know four and a half hours uh, to fort lauderdale we were playing uh florida panthers florida was trying to clinch and uh, Carolina was out. So that was uh, for them, for them to all come and like for literally all of them to come, they would have had to drive four and a half hours there um, and four and a half hours back and watch the game. And like, man, that's, they want you, right? Like they want you. And that, that makes sense. Why out of the 16 teams, like that's the team you chose, right? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they were, I mean, it's a frozen foreign and Boston College was also there. So, you know, they had a lot of prospects, but yeah, it, it was great. And uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. And uh, the guys were so normal that I didn't really realize, you know, now I see Rod Brindamore coaching and uh, he's a Hall of Famer and Ron Francis. But at the time it was just like, you're just topping along pretty, pretty happy. So uh, then that night I got thrown in, I think a uh, second line or whatever. Uh, I was playing with Jeff Skinner and uh, Tom Orutu. And I think I played 17 or 18 minutes that night. And uh, I like, I thought this is i I'm going to be like, I might have 20 goals next year. You know, I could play in this league. So that that's, and guys it's happened to when you get the call up and you get the opportunity to play i think most guys do really well um i uh the, the one thing i've noticed just from just kind of watching and your story about uh you can burn the year um that came up like when i was talking to teams at the end of my college career and um to me it sounds like 
teams like kind of put that carrot in front of you. Like, like you can come play in the NHL for a game tonight or tomorrow, but like, like I've seen other guys that were at Western Michigan, they go, they leave, they play their five games at end of that season, the NHL. And then the next year they're in the AHL and like, they really didn't get an opportunity, but like they really wanted to sign them, but you know, like maybe their real intention, like they wanted to get them, but I don't know, like I've seen it though, where you play that game, that game or two out of college, but their true intentions weren't the same for the next season. If that makes sense. Uh, for sure. Uh, in, in my situation, we, uh, they signed, a the second year was a one-way deal. So they, I don't oh think they were really, uh, I, I don't think they were fooling, uh, fooling me or huh. anyone, but uh, I think too, like, I did not know, know that my bad. Oh, it, um, no, just, I don't, I didn't feel like I got the bait and switch or anything like that. Just uh, things happen, you know, a year later out of your control or whatever, but uh, they, I think they had their, I, you know, they were honest yeah. for sure. Um, his teams don't have to give up a draft pick. So if you can go get a guy from college and, and, you know, most of those teams doing that are either locked into the playoffs or you're long out of the playoffs. So the Red Wings were doing it lately or Carolina had one game left. What do they care if they throw me in for one? So uh, you're, you're telling me you were getting right out of college with, I think it was 44 points. You got, uh, you play one game and then that burns a year and the, the next year is a one way. Well, the next year ended up being the lockout year. So the next year was a two-way deal. And then the second year of the contract was a one-way. Yeah. Okay. It was a three-year or whatever. I got, or whatever. Uh, Burn one, then I got you. Anyways, that's uh, interesting. Like, and I get it. So then that first year, so you play the one game and then that's it. Um, the next year, like, how does that all go down then? Well, uh, it was a lockout, so the NHL training camp didn't fire up till mid-January. So uh, I went to the American League in Charlotte and uh, got adjusted to pro hockey there. So it was uh, a big adjustment the first couple months. Um, I remember training training so hard. I was out in Calgary uh, training with Andy O'Brien's programs and skating, you know, two hours a day. And then the season kind of hit, and I was uh, I was absolutely burned out for – I think the first two months and uh, I really regret kind of that and not, uh, not taking the time off before camp to kind of reboot. So, uh, and, and pro hockey hit me like the adjustment from college. Um, I could just going to the difference going to practice. And I was living in Charlotte too, a great city, lived downtown and just going to practice coming home. And thankfully I live with, uh, I live with an older guy. And he was kind of showing me the ropes. We were going around doing stuff. But I just remember the first two months, three months, half the first year, I was just kind of like, this is such a boring, lonely life. Um, you know, and I thought like at that time, I thought maybe I'd rather be on Wall Street or put my degree to work in New York and kind of live in that hustle life. Because I was like, this this hockey life isn't what it was cracked up to be kind of thing. Honestly, like not to cut you off, but like – when I first got to pro and you're right out of college, you've been hanging out with all your friends and you're all hanging out and you're all hanging out together all the time. And then you're all like best friends. And then you go to pro out of that. And it's like, 
everybody's different nationalities. Nobody's really friends. Everybody's competing with each other. And you're like, this is lonely. Like, and it's, it, it, it's really not very good. It's not a good lifestyle for people. I don't think, <clears throat> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, the first year I was like, this is like, this is what I dreamed my whole life about playing pro hockey. Like, you know, exactly. making good money, playing hockey. I'm living in Charlotte and I'm like, this is, I think I'd rather be working 14 hours a day in New York city or something, but uh, no one ever tells you that. Right. And I don't think the players that are, going through it at the time in, in the American league or anything, you just always see them, you know, at the bar or driving their nice cars and everyone acts like it's just the greatest life have, ever. Yeah. But. Cause they have a little bit of money, but like, it's not actually better than hanging out with your buddies in college with no money. It's not actually a <laughs> it's, better life. It's uh no, it's not. And I didn't regret leaving. I was just old enough and ready to move on. But uh yeah, guys like that are thinking of junior or college or man, they talk about hockey or I don't want to wait that long or, you know, I want to get going and try to get drafted. It's like, no, 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 you, you can still do all that at college, but it's the best time of your life. Oh. Like you don't understand. And so when I got there, there was guys, you know, the 20, 21 year old, the top draft picks. And I was like, man, these guys have grown up. Like when I was a freshman in college going to frat parties and spring weekends and stuff, these guys were doing this. And uh, I was just thankful that I had kind of the, a great college experience. And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm the exact same way. I had an unbelievable college experience. We just didn't win. We were, we sucked at hockey, but we were awesome at um, having fun, I guess. Um yeah. So anyways, um, that second year you play some games, but then, uh, where are we going now? We're going from Carolina to, uh, or no, wait, I got another question. You played with Zach Delpy. So he played with you and got traded with you as he, you two got traded together. My research yeah. team was hot today. Yeah. 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 We got traded uh, the same day. So it was that second year going in, uh, from Paris, Ontario. Yep. So, uh, I skated with him this summer too. He's, he's a really good guy and he's still getting it done in American league. Uh, and he was up with Columbus this year. I, uh, I can't believe like these guys that are him, Cal O'Reilly, they're just, that are hanging around American league so long. It's such a grind. So they don't understand what's overseas or they just don't like it. Uh, they want the grind. No, Cal did it, but he was in Russia and he had Mike Keenan as coach. So he had a bad experience, I think. Right. But, and there's uh, so many other experiences out there. There's Switzerland, there's Sweden, there's Finland. There's lots of places I mean, to go that are not the AHL. I would never do that. If he, but I mean, Dolpe was up uh, with Columbus this year and uh, was a captain in the American League. And if they're throwing money at you, I mean, you know. Yeah, why, 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 yeah. why go over it. to Switzerland and you know there's some pretty it's I guess you'd have I, to go over there to figure out why that you'd have to go over there to understand why um, but you, I'll you never understand there. once you've been there you I, I, once you've been to Switzerland you've seen it you'd never go to the NHL yeah. ever but if you're still getting games then I keep doing it yeah, he's getting games, good money. I think too, like you can end up in Switzerland and 
you know, they tell you you need to take more slap shots and stuff I've heard. So you're, you're in the second best league in the world. You're around the prospects. I think the buzz and the energy and stuff, the American league, you're always a phone call from the national hockey league and you're seeing guys get called up after you play them on a Sunday and stuff. So that that's, that's the place to be. It's as far as the center of the hockey hockey world. Yeah, I get that. I just, I didn't like the lifestyle. I didn't like the camaraderie of the team. Like I, it was good for parts of it, but like, as far as everybody trying to battle with each other, I, I enjoyed Europe way more. Like I really did. Um, But you guys get traded to Vancouver and you end up playing 19 games, right? Yep. So is that right at the start of the season or when's that in the season? Uh, I got traded on roster day. So that's when they have their formal rosters. And I got sent down for two, three or four weeks. I just, I played two games or one game in the American league. And then we were on a bus trip to Rochester. So just a day trip and, uh, got called up on the bus with just my road suit and, uh, a little backpack. So I got called up with that. Like this is in the sink. And uh, stayed in Vancouver for three months. <laughs> yeah, at that point, you stayed there for three months with basically nothing. The rest of your stuff's in uh, would it be Utica? Was in Utica, yeah. And I, of course, having done the move, uh, I got traded uh, in the middle of the night. So it was roster day. So they were trying to like cap crunch. What are we doing? What are we doing? So I, it must have been last ditch. And so. Uh, it was the last day of training camp. So the guys went out and I was absolutely wiped. I, I went to bed, uh, Brett Belmore. I wake up my, uh, to a knock on my door and, uh, I answered the door buck naked. I'm like, what? He's like, well, she, uh, and I thought like something happened or, you know, he was out and something happened. He's like, well, she, uh, like Billy, what's up? What's up? Have you checked your phone? I'm like, no, uh, I'm in bed, dude. He's like, uh, you might want to check your phone. I'm like, what's up, Belly? He's like, uh, just check your phone. <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, what's up? He's like, you and Dolph's got traded today. I'm like, oh, to who? He's like, Vancouver. So I'm like, okay. And he's like, Dolph says he's got a flight at uh, 10 a.m. tomorrow. So I think you're on it. Uh, I'm like, okay, okay. Close the door. I look at my phone. I had missed calls from Ron Francis and stuff. And and saw it and Dolps had texted me, said, dude, we're on a flight tomorrow. We got to get picked up at 7.30. So uh, I think it was 2 o'clock at this time and just packed up my hotel room, packed up. Uh, I had a Buick Regal in the parking lot. So I packed up all my belongings in the Buick Regal. And uh, the next day we were on a flight uh, to Vancouver. Wow. Uh, so, so anyway, then I got to Utica that year. My uh, car had just showed up with my stuff found a spot unpacked and then uh, got called up again. So. And, yeah. And then, I, so that's the, how different life is there compared to normal life, especially when I live now where you know where your clothes are and everything. Like when you're a hockey player getting sent up and sent down, like you could be on the road and get called up and all your stuff is in a different town. <laughs> right. Like, and you're just gone. And then you're in Vancouver. Well, that one was, yeah, that was three months. So that was wild. As I said, like dishes in the sink, pregame meal. Well, you're I'll okay with it because you're making NHL money. So you'll yeah, just buy the new clothes. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. That's where I have my nicest jacket, my nicest suits. They all came from when I was in Ben, going to Harry Rose in there. And so I didn't mind. It's like having the, 
company credit card to go pimp yourself out. And I was put <laughs> up by, uh, in a hotel there. So you can only pay for one place at a time. So I, they put me up in a nice, uh, temporary living hotel right in the L town. So I wasn't, uh, complaining about anything there. Yeah. Well, so the one question I got just cause I saw for your 19 games in the three months you're there is you did play with the Sedins, right? Yeah. Like what, is it just as advertised or just nice people that just saw the game differently and all that? Yeah. Um, yeah. The awesome guys. Um, You're, vi- oh, oh, there you go. Yeah. No, I'm running out of battery. Uh, the best guys. Yeah. They're absolutely chill, relaxed. And uh, the thing that's amazing too is, there's nothing um, physically remarkable, remarkable about their games. You know, when you practice with them, there's, there's nothing there that's out of this world. You know, the fourth line guys, the scratches could do most of the same stuff in practice, but just their vision, their awareness, their, their patience and poise with the puck was amazing to watch. But uh, I always remember I was there. Nine, I played 19 games. I probably got scratched. 15 or 20. So I was hanging around and when I got in, it was Tortorella. So on the fourth line, I was playing between two minutes and four minutes a night. So, uh, wasn't the best situation. Yeah. It wasn't the best situation to get my, uh, big break in the NHL. It's tough to, tough to look good out there. Um, in that, but I remember I had been scratched, you know, play one game, scratch three games, scratched. And so we were at home and, uh, I went up into the stands and was watching the game from the stands just because it's free, a free ticket to the NHL game. Right. So guys are watching the lounge and I remember I went up. And so when I came down after I, I waited outside the room because they were doing a thing and just kind of out there waiting to leave, like, Hey, can I leave yet? And uh, I remember Hank, Henrik and Daniel came out and they both, I was standing by the door and they both said, Hey, well, she gave me a little like pat and Hey, well, see, see you in the morning. I'm like, yeah, see you guys, see you guys. And uh, I think the team had lost and stuff too, but uh, I always remembered that, uh, like, wow, they make you guys, feel part of it. Right there. Yeah. They just lost the media is on them. The media is on the team. I'm, I'm absolutely inconsequential. They could walk right by me, but they say, Hey, see you in the morning. Well, she give me a little bump. And I just remember, and I, I try to try to act like that when, now that I'm an older guy a little bit, you know, sometimes you can go a couple of days without talking to one corner of the room or some young guys or something like that. So just, uh, that was an amazing gesture. And those guys are, yeah, as good as everyone says they are awesome, awesome guys. Wow. You really brought me back to actually being a hockey player when you said like not talk to a corner of the room for a little bit, like it's been so long since I've been in a dr- actual dressing room and like, when you say that, I remember those days where like each corner of the locker room, they're all kind of have their own thing. And it's like, <laughs> who actually crosses over to be like, let's get everybody rocking and like talking, right? Like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. like when you're getting ready for practice, everybody that sits beside each other has their own things and they talk, you know, they have sitting beside someone for an entire year, you know, it changes your relationship, I would say. But moving on, I think it's time to move on. Um, The Chicago Wolves and St. Louis organization, did you leave there to go there? Is that the contract comes to an end and you go there? Is that what happened? Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
the that year i mean tortorella got fired the gm got fired most of the staff got fired so it was one of those uh clean house things yeah and I, at the end of the time i had really done well in utica and i think travis green liked me a lot at the end of the the season so i would have really loved to have just been a been a depth guy and try to work my way back up into the vancouver but th- that's how it goes and so uh i caught on with uh, st louis and chicago um i think more chicago was pushing for me at that point so I uh, was fortunate enough to, to get a, another deal and uh, went to camp and had a great first year there. And that That's was the what most I fun. saw. I saw you had an unbelievable year and got no games. And that's when I was like, geez, that's kind of like the Chicago Wolves thing back when I remember like my 19 oh, yeah. games in the HL was the Chicago Wolves would pay great money for guys to be happy being in the HL. Yeah. And I mean, I wasn't happy to be in the AHL, but I don't think uh, that season I didn't really deserve games. Uh, not by my play. It's just St. Louis was stacked. They they had like 14, 15 forwards up on one ways. They had great players. And Magnus PRV was down with us for a bit. He, he was too good to be in the American League. So th- there was really no – it didn't even really cross no my mind that I'd sniff yeah. it. It was – no, no, it was more, you're playing in Chicago, so lots of teams are flying, or scouts are flying in, flying out on Sundays, the airport's close, so it was more just like, I'm hoping another team will uh, will jump on me and like me, so, um, and in the meantime, that was the most fun I, I had playing pro hockey, I guess, was um, my first year I lived downtown, and not that I was going out all the time, this and that, but just the, the fans were great, the season was great, the organization was first class, and uh you know, then on a Saturday night, you got to go rip it up in Chicago. And yeah, it was, uh, it was an awesome city, great people. And my two years there were really, really fun. Yeah. That, that sounds fun. Like winning and good people around that, that does sound fun. So you do get your second year, two games with the blues. Um, but after that season, you do decide to head to, the Bremerhofen Fishtown Penguins. Um, what's the decision to leave North America? Because um, you did have two NHL games the year before. Yeah. Um, the decision. Well, St. Louis didn't offer me a deal that year. So uh, that was a bummer. It's always a bummer when I guess you, you feel that rejection. But uh, everything was great. The exit meetings and uh, – you know, we think you're an NHL player. You're going to be fighting for a spot, the, the coach in the American League. So everything was great. So I, I left there feeling pretty confident. Um, and uh, Nothing happened. That was that, and I, I took off. I flew to Barcelona with uh, Scooter Vaughn, one of my teammates. And so we were in Barcelona for three or four nights, and uh, St. Louis beat Chicago. And uh, I had a call on my phone and I answered it was the assistant GM. Hey, Jeremy. And I say, Hey, uh, congrats on beating the Blackhawks there. Like uh, a good series. You see, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm calling. Actually. We're wondering if you want to come in uh, black ace for us here. <laughs> and uh, when I left, there had been no indication and they had picked uh, four or five, three or four or five young guys to go black ace. So I said, Hey, I'll come in a second if you want me, but uh, I've been in Barcelona for five days. Um what do you want me like, to do? I'll, I'll, I'll fly back and, and do it for sure, 100%. Because, again, at this point, I thought uh, I was going to be in their plans next year. So they called back and said, no, that's our fault. We didn't uh, – we should have let you know earlier. But uh, 
Yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, well, basically, uh, that year was just uh, my agent was saying, you know, you'll get a deal. You just got to wait. You got to wait. So I had an American League offer and uh, I spoke with the team and I said, uh, I, I guess it was Boston. So I spoke with them and said, hey, like, I'll take an American League deal, but I want to come to training camp. And if I'm, if I'm better than your three, four, or, you know, if I outplay your centerman, then I, I want to, you know, I want to show that be in the, I want to be in the mix. Like I know who you got and I'll come in and battle with them, but I'm not coming in if it's pointless. And they yeah. say, Oh, I, I, I love that attitude. That's how you should think. And so then when they came back in August, it was uh, no, they're not sure if you can come to training camp based on numbers just yet. You're going to have to wait. And so I said, all right, I'm the American league is, I, I just lost all. Uh, I knew what happened at that point, you know? So you play well, and it was like, even if I have 60 points, I'm not getting up. Um, At what age are you now? I'm 27, 28, probably 28. I'm 28, so it was like, all right. So your your big shot was probably Tortorella? Yeah, that year. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I was just 28, and I was like, I don't want to – I don't want to be in the American League without that. Like, the whole reason you go through that grind and it's exciting is because you're – you're waiting for that phone call or you're looking at the team up above and without that, it's just kind of, so I was just ready for something new and uh, they came across. They said, all right, well sit on this. We'll look out in Germany and or in Europe and see what happened. And then this deal came up and uh, I took it. Um, in and hindsight, have- I pro- in hindsight, I probably should have waited. I had no idea like that you could just sign a month after that. You know what I mean? I didn't know how Germany, I thought it was like, they're starting a season in a week. You can go now. So I thought, all right, I either go there or I take this, but now knowing why I know I could have just sat put oh, and waited, waited a month, but I, I had no idea that was really an option. It's crazy when you know what you know now, right? Like when I first got the offer to Germany, I thought I had to go like right away. Like I thought I had to take it then or it would never happen. Um, yeah, that's not actually how it happens right no, like no. you actually have time and you actually can think and you can relax um but uh anyways um that's crazy like um so you go to bremerhaven though can i tell you my story of bremerhaven just quickly sure. is uh in the second league in in germany um, we went up to Bremerhaven for the last game of the season. We've already made the playoffs. We've already clinched second place. It's 10 hours away. It's a 10-hour bus trip. It's the last game of the regular season. We got a week off in between games. And um, my kids keep deciding to come into the shed during podcast time. It's quite strange. Zoe, can you please get out of here? Um, anyways, we go up there. We play a game. But before we get there, we're there like two hours early. So the guys are like, come with me, come for a walk. And I'm like, sure, we go for a walk. And they walk me through the red light district of Bremerhaven. Does that, does that still exist? Because we went for a stroll through there when we showed up to a game a little early and I had never seen it from Elmira, Ontario. I'd never seen anything like that. That was the first time. And we just cruised through we walked by and like saw what was happening and then went and played a hockey game. Uh, it's still there, I think, but I, I honestly can't even tell you where it is. Uh, 
These German I, fellows I, knew. I heard about it and uh, I might have driven by one, but I, I honestly don't know where it is in Bremerhaven. But I'd seen him in Nuremberg too and those places. But yeah, yeah. it is interesting. But no, no, they knew where it was and they're like, hey, come, come for a walk before pre before warm ups. And I went for a stroll like last game of the regular season and we walked by and then we went and played a hockey game. And I was like, Huh. What an interesting. They say come for walk. Bring we some just, cash. That was that any? was no, we didn't take any cash. We were like in our warm-up gear or whatever it was. I don't know. We were like literally an hour and a half early for the game. So we're like, let's go for a walk. And we walked by to see what was all going on. That was the first time I ever saw it in Europe. But when you're over there for 10 years, that stuff's happening all the time over there. But anyways, um, you played in Bremerhaven so that is way up north so your travel time would have sucked or were you guys flying no we never flew one time yeah my first uh, my first road game we went to Schwinnigan which is on the other side uh the wild hours wings. yeah the wild wings we leave at like four in the morning or something to play a, a four or five o'clock game and I just that was my first road trip and I was just shocked that we stopped in some small town, did like a dynamic warm up, and ate lunch and then get back onto the bus. And yeah, I was just shocked that this was, uh, yeah. Anyway, the travel was pretty terrible there. There was a lot of nights you get home Sunday night or Friday night at 6 a.m., 5 a.m., the lights come on the bus. That's a pretty, those are the darkest times, I think, in Germany when you get off the bus at 5 a.m. and you're like, what? what am I doing to myself here? Yeah. It, it's a strange feeling that there's no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. No, I went to Bremerhofen many times. I even played in the old arena. Do you know what the old arena is? No. Really? They tore it down. Yes. Jeez. Um, okay. Well, I did play in the new arena too, but you know what? They were, they're a second league team. They shouldn't be in the first league because they live in the middle of nowhere, but moving on. Um, you played in Bremerhof and then you go to Dusseldorf, which going from Bremerhof into Dusseldorf, my goodness, that must be living, right? Uh, yeah, I was excited. Uh, you know, especially from Bremerhof and you'd, you'd bus in to play at Berlin. Berlin's got the Mercedes arena. You'd bus into Cologne and it's the Lanx arena, like 18,000. And you'd just be looking out the window, like, Oh my God, like this is, this is Europe. This is Germany. And uh, so just seeing those cities for a glimpse was, it was like the big, the big show when you got to see those. So yeah, I, I moved on to Dusseldorf and uh, much more international city and a beautiful, beautiful city. The, the season didn't go very well. That would be an understatement. It was probably the, the, one of the most miserable seasons I've ever had. Is that um, right? Oh, well, we had uh, just a, a coach was a new coach and kind of maybe figuring it out and, was uh yeah what, controlling i guess uh what's the co it's not britig no no but just just tr treated us like you know yeah freshmen in college and it was like dude this is and all uh, workouts here workouts there ride the bike ride the bike and i could barely move i was just beaten down as a bigger guy i couldn't keep up and uh mentally it was miserable physically it was tiring. his name was not christian britig no Jeez, thank goodness, because that guy no, no. coached Dusseldorf after me, and it was the worst time of my life. No. 
but those, I mean, those kind of coaches exist over there. That's, that's why if you say like, why don't guys go to Switzerland or, or to Europe? I mean, it's, it's not always a great situation. You stumble into that and uh, you're like, wait, this is, this is really stupid and we're not going to win hockey games. And sure enough, we, we didn't. So. No, you're right though. Those coaches do exist over there. You're absolutely right. I've seen it firsthand. I've it's, it's nuts over there, but I would, uh, yeah, in it, but there's that. And then there's the, the different options of being a professional hockey player. Like you said, like in the AHL, you have a chance of getting the call, but then there's the between AHL and East coast. That is not the same. Right. And uh, then you're, you're fighting no. to get to the AHL and you're like, well, from there, you still got to fight to get to there. And it's like, well, I'm going overseas. I don't care if they make me shoot it from the red line or not. I'll do it. Yeah, and you're getting pretty banged up uh, in the American League. I remember like every Monday or every Sunday after three and threes or whatever, just waking up and something always hurt, you know, like block shot on the ankle. You got hit hard in your shoulder. There was always aches and pains. And uh, in Germany, I was, you know, waking up after a week and being like, yeah, I'm exhausted, but uh, my body feels completely fine. So you're not taking that as, as much wear and tear. Oh, it's, it's completely different. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it really is like, so anyways, you go from Dusseldorf, the team's not very good. It's a good city though, but it's tough to live life and have fun when you're not doing good at hockey as a team, because I know that like life is better when you're winning. Everything's better when you're winning. But anyways, you go from there to the dying, I, I don't know, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but you go to the Czech team and play four games, which I saw on the roster had 53 players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's good four yeah. games for with, with the 53 players. Did you meet all of them? <laughs> uh, I did meet all of them. They were coming and going, and I think they had so many players that they lost my, uh, my paycheck somewhere in the mix. So, uh, geez, that hurts. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I was, I was after a tough year, you know, again, the, the team sucked. I had a, I had a bad year in Dusseldorf. And so, uh, I had a, a good year in Bremerhaven, bad year in Dusseldorf. So the, the jury was kind of out and I had some offers in the eval, but I was determined, uh, to go back to the, the DL. I just knew, you know, on a normal situation that I could do real well. So I was kind of hanging around, hanging around. And then, uh, this part of BHA, reached out and so that was cool it was a good league and uh yeah obviously it was just a complete mess that season so i the coach got fired brought in a new coach hey jeremy uh we're gonna it was a one-month contract so they released me and as they released me i was like oh so i'm walking out and as i'm walking out i leave my gear and stuff so i'm like let me find a job just don't announce don't tell everyone that you basically caught me right now just uh yeah, don't give, say me a, anything. Give, give me a day give, or two. Give, give me a week to say, like, I'm leaving the team and I want out before. So you said, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm walking out of the thing. I'm pretty, pretty crushed. This was, I was, I liked it. And the Czech league's good. So uh, as I'm walking out, the new coach has the guys in the parking lot. It's like freezing rain. He has them doing, you know, Eastern European warm-up drills in the freezing cold. So I was yep. like, yeah, eh, maybe it's for the best. <laughs> and um, Wolfsburg had some injuries. I think they had an injury, like they played Friday night and they had a two centermen go down with concussions and they were already short on centermen. So 
that happened overnight. They're like, yeah, we need you get on a, get on a plane and get here. So I was, I was happy. That's a good organization with some good success. So, uh, I joined that team and they were out of the playoffs and, but, uh, I had a good, good stint there play with uh, some good players, Spencer Mahachuk, Dan Spar, And, uh, it was kind of the one, two centerman there. So it was great. No, that it looked like you did really well there. Um, and, uh, then I guess, yeah, it went well. You, that season ends. So then you end up in Crayfeld, which my research team was hard at work. And I, I saw you played with Drago. Do you know who Drago is? No. Arters Krumnich. Oh yeah. Arters. Does yeah, he not look it. like Drago from Rocky or no? Uh, I don't know. The movie's Has so he well, aged but, uh, a bit or you're no, too really. young. No, he hasn't aged at all. He's a great guy. Arters was awesome. Yeah, I played with him in Beatingheim. Um, but he literally looks like Drago. Everybody called him Drago. That was his nickname. He looked like Drago from Rocky three or four or whatever it is. Oh, he didn't didn't follow him to Crayfield. We just called him Artie. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, what did you think of Crayfeld? What was that town like? Uh the town's not bad. Uh uh, you know, it's same old thing. We thought we had a good team on paper going into the year. We're all, oh, we're going to real sneak up on teams. We're going to be good. And then uh, <laughs> it just kind of went sideways. And then uh, it went more sideways for a stretch. The coaches started doing, you know, two a days on Tuesdays and we're going to be the fittest team and this and that. And so it got real bad. And uh, you know, what happens in Europe is as soon as you start losing, those coaches decide they're going to start getting really in shape and they tell the the fans and they tell the sponsors like we're just not fit enough we're just not fit enough yeah. and then they're like let's bag skate every day <laughs> i've been through it i've done it it's right? it's just like yeah the, the fans get on them they're calling for them to be fired and then they go well we're gonna at least work hard if you guys don't want to play the right way we're gonna work hard and then so you practice working hard and then when the game comes along no one has is it people are working hard but they're slow as molasses because they're exhausted it's just uh it's crazy it's how so, they don't, it's they, so yeah it's so funny just to see the stupidity play out like uh repeatedly yeah it's it's crazy but uh the assistant coach uh, ended up taking over and it got got real good uh maybe after christmas um he was a good detailed guy pure bolo and so the team had a, a good second half but uh, there were some owner issues, uh, some missed paychecks and some big stuff, which never happens to the DEL. So there was that whole distraction going on. And uh, it was just, uh, again, another uh, bummer of the year. So that's, and that's here we tough. are. <laughs> yeah, that's tough, man. Like, that's tough. Like, and then COVID happens and all that stuff. And like, you're still a hockey player. You're still good enough. You should be like... Yeah, and then you got you go to Poland, and um, I guess <laughs> right, like, and, like, and and that's COVID. Like, that's what's happened to so many hockey players, dude. Like, realistically, when you look at the whole grand scheme of things, like everybody's lucky to have played it all in the last year. Like, the guy, there are so many guys that never did that are sitting there that have been sitting there for almost two years, going, "Am I still a hockey player?" Yeah, I, and I don't know if you are, to be honest, unless uh, 
unless you were in the English league and the whole league kind of folded, but, uh, and the GMs honor those contracts for those guys, but uh, human nature kicks in and even guys that were kind of settled onto a team, I still think GMs are like, well, we want guys that played, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, the other double whammy is the guys got pinched big time in the American hockey league, right. With the rollback of salaries and, um, the East coast teams folding. So, uh, I was, it was November and, you know, had he known what happened, the DL wasn't starting, wasn't starting, but hindsight's 2020. I wish I had to jump to Austria or Earlier. something really quick, but it didn't. But by the time, uh, Everything happened. That was already full tilt. And then those jobs, you know, uh, I was at home in November and it looked like Canada was about to go into a lockdown. So uh, my girlfriend was here in Hamburg. And I was like, I got to get over to Europe somewhere or something. Otherwise, I'm sitting in my parents' basement for the winter. So um, anything that gets me a visa to go to Europe, I'm pretty much going. So and then this Polish deal came. So, um, yeah, it was great. Uh, a great experience. We had some good imports, five, six of us uh, North Americans and Poland was still kind of things were shut down, but there was lots of great food trucks and there was some, some uh, entrepreneurial businesses that would uh, just do what they wanted kind of. So, yeah. So uh, what, what, what's the food like in Poland then? Cause I like food. Uh, yeah, I like food too. And I, I, uh, I'm, I'm starting to get back down. Pierogies? My way, but, uh, pierogies, honestly, Every meal we had, even the hotel food when we stayed over in playoffs, even the roadside food, all the food in Poland is, is absolute quality, quality food. Uh, they call it the Garden of Europe. They grow a lot of uh, food there for the rest of Europe, the vegetables, the meat was amazing. So they take a lot of like care in their preparation and stuff. The, every place we ate was fantastic. And it's all um, farmed and they're all using it yeah. fresh. And yeah, it's, it, everything was great. There was some food trucks there though. And uh, isn't it crazy you know, how food in Europe is so different than North America? <laughs> I, I yeah, just find it different, but anyways, <laughs> that's the old thing. Hey, eh? when guys come over and they, my fridge is so small. What the hell am I supposed to do with this? And then uh, they all buy their produce. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, dude, I bought, you know, lettuce yesterday and today it's like mushy and what the hell is this and yeah it's because they don't spray it with like ddt and anti yeah because it's real food that you're supposed to eat right away yeah (laughs) strange times but um well wherever you end up next season because i don't like spreading rumors um but i i hope that you really enjoy it and um I, I, I'm sure you will, whether or not the rumors are true. Cause I actually haven't talked to you about this. I don't even know if it's true. Um, but, uh, I want to thank you so much for coming on because like for a guy that just met you randomly at the Y at Godrich, you know, that's what the YMCA is for, right? That, right. Seven years later, we're doing a podcast about your career. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's I like, dude, like your career is incredible. And uh, I just want to thank the uh, Bayfield Brewing Company for uh, sponsoring this episode, especially the Snook Stout, um, which uh, proceeds go to the uh, Bayfield Community Center, which I would like to check out, actually, next time I'm in town. So 
thank you so much for coming on. Check out anything the, else the to say there. before we uh, shut her down? Uh, you can have a few pints on that patio there. Just, just watch people meander the streets of Bayfield. It's a great, great spot there, the Bayfield Brewery. But uh, no, it's crazy. That's uh, that's a wrap. But just go through the whole career and. Uh, well, it's not done yet, big guy. No, it's not done yet. But it's you know I don't think about it too much. So it's. Uh, Dude, wait till you're. When you're asked age. questions about it, you know it's tough to like. Oh yeah, we're thinking back now. It's ten years now. It's eight years and it's uh yeah it's just funny you can kind of sum it all up in a quick uh 10 minute uh 10 minute spiel <laughs> <laughs> but it's not it's not a 10 minute spiel we've been no of course i've not. had the and... kids in here already saying like dad it's time to get out of here like it's time to get back to being a dad and i'm like kids this is my only time of the week where i get to be <laughs> wally back off <laughs> like i'll be dad in a second give me a second but like literally like I met you guys like, and I know it's hard to think of cause you're an active player. Um, but like when you've gone through it and like, I was around your age when I met you and, but like, I, I was not six two and my body did not look the same. I understand that. But like, I knew I was coming to the end and it's like, then I have been to the end for five six years and it's like i have nobody to talk about this with i did my career and i have nobody to talk to about it there's no one around that wants to listen to me but guess what folks all the hockey players out there i'm ready to listen you know what like because i i love this shit i love hearing how it all works out for guys and why it didn't work out why it did work out because the margins are so slim. They're so slim between every player, whether you did it or you didn't. And I've played with most of you and I am very surprised that you are not a full-time player because I played with you and I was like, Jesus Christ, who is this guy? And then I saw Cal and Ryan and I was like, where the hell am I? I thought I was in Carden and I was going to shoot on an empty net. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, I, I can feel you with your back at home and not, not speaking to hockey guys. And that's uh, not that I think I'm coming to the end, but I'm, I'm getting into the, the second back, the back nine here at least. And so uh, I just appreciate like, even in Poland this year, you know, there was some, some tough days and practices were brutal and you're kind of like, this is, this is not even what I know hockey to be, but it's going to the rink and, meeting people from all over the world and just talking to them. And uh, I could see when you no longer have that kind of group or uh, that locker room atmosphere, it's got to be tough. Um, yeah. And I guess if you say, why did it work out? Why did you don't want to be, I don't want to be sitting here saying, or oh, sounding like uh, any negatives or stuff like that. That's just uh, having some time to reflect on it. Most guys can say, you know, this is what happened. This is kind of why it happened or it's out of my control. So um, as I said, going through the American league or even being in Europe and playing with guys, you know, my first year, second year into Germany, I was still a little bit not pissed, but, uh, I, I wanted more. Or you're kind of like, God damn, why didn't I get that? Why couldn't I just stay up a little longer? Why didn't I ever get a 10 minutes of ice time there? Or, um, but 
at this stage and going through it and looking back, man, there's so many, so many good hockey players out there. And even when you're in the American league, like the best player on the American league team might not get the call up. It might be a 22 year old, uh, speedy right winger because they want him on the PK or, but the other thing that I've found, which like, I can't stress enough to, if like, cause there is no young players listening to this. This is all guys, my age, mainly by the looks of it, but for young kids, like being a Cal O'Reilly and pushing people to be better every day. Like when I went out to that skate, I was so confused of how hard you were working in the middle of summer. And there was like eight people on the ice. And I was like, like I would normally just be screwing around having a three on three game. And these guys are giving her. And then two years later, Snook is a Conn Smythe winner, a Stanley Cup champion. And you're like, I totally get it. I totally get how that all happened because I saw it. I watched it and I was like, what in the hell is this? Because I had never worked like that in the summer in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those guys are both such special players and they have the work ethic and stuff. So um, who was it? Chad Costello was telling me that this is, there's, you know, those 50 or a hundred players in the world that are just better than everyone. Uh, And uh, the rest of the hockey players are all pretty close and we're all just kind of like filling holes and revolving doors, you know, that's um, exactly what that, that is, most yeah. guys are pretty good. Some guys, if you have the work ethic, like Cal or whatever, you might, you might get to a little higher level, but m- most of the rest of us are just, uh, you get a fortunate season or you have good breaks or, or whatever. And you're kind of floating around revolving. And then there's a hundred guys that are just, uh, on a different level that would never miss no matter where they are. Yeah, you're right. And then there's, there's the guys that are just, like I said, the coaches just love them because they do everything right. And then there's guys that, you know, like there's the rest of us that like, like there's guys that do everything perfect. And you're like, yeah, like I get it. Like, yeah. Yeah. But like there's the rest, like literally you, when I saw you skate in where Godrich, I was out there and I'm like 32 years old. And like, I got a pretty good eye for players. I saw you skate and I, you seem, you were a great dude. And I was like, this guy seems like an awesome dude. He's going top cheese every time he's six, three. Like, like I was like, how is this guy not there? Like I couldn't, I couldn't believe it, but now you've explained it to me. And it's like, everybody can get like, close but it's like how how do you become that that full timer right like how do you really get there there's there's, a very select few and that's that 50 to 100 right there's a lot better a lot better players of me that didn't even get games you know or less games or or something like that you're pretty flipping good but there there's there's better players that just you know whether you said I waddled into the arena or not, I still think you're really good. <laughs> sure. But I mean, just from being in American League, there's guys, you know, better guys than me or guys that just didn't get a chance or, 
I think uh, when you're around that situation, you, you see it. And some guys that you don't expect will get a break in three years and they'll spend four years in the, in the NHL and then they'll be back out. Or um, sometimes that'll happen. Or some guy that's can't miss, he just uh, maybe gets an injury when it's his time. And then it's, it's kind of gone again. So uh, that's just, that's that pro hockey kind of that uh, the meat grinder of the American league and trying to, trying to come out and get situated in the NHL is not, uh, it's not easy. Obviously that's, that's... Oh, it's, it's crazy. It's a crazy environment. It is very different than the rest of the world. It really is. Um, but everybody in it has the, the biggest worth work ethic and will do anything it takes. And it is, it does build you as a person and, uh, whatever is next for you, sir, um, I look forward to it because you know what? We can have a repeat podcast about uh, where are you now and what's happening <laughs> now because you are one of the active players that we can nice. have a quick one of like, so what's happening now? Like, like you know, what's the team like? What's the, uh, sure. you know, what's the what's, situation like? What's right? the league like there? Maybe, maybe do a, just a check in there. We're not trying to make too many rumors. We don't know if you're going to the UK league or not to do an NBA. We just know you want to. Um, someday. Someday. We someday. Want to. No, any league. You know, we do an update. Yeah, no. It's, it, it's nice to have active players. It really is. It's nice to have active players in my life. And if I wouldn't have met you when I was in my mid-30s and you were a young buck, I wouldn't have active players around. So thank you. There we go. Hey, and I tell you the NBA thing too, especially given this year, um, talking to my friends or talking to guys, I know a lot of hockey guys are kind of, uh, you know, hockey guys, we always like to, oh, this is, you know, we complain, professional complainers all the time, but I, I know enough guys with, you know, good degrees and looking for jobs and, uh, it just doesn't, uh, just kind of hanging them up and thinking you're going to walk into a job doesn't seem, uh like a great uh, strategy you know it seems to take time to hunt these things down if if you're in boston or toronto or whatever so um well let's let's say this it doesn't matter where you are whether it's concarden whether it's toronto <laughs> boston it doesn't matter where you are like literally i moved to concarden out of choice out of hockey and like it doesn't matter where you go you've been a hockey player you do not have work experience you need to either have education or know somebody otherwise you're a hockey player yeah yeah sure of right? course and most or no. yeah, it seems a lot of guys have family things and stuff for sure you're a hockey player. family yes um, family helps family things like that you're you're just a hockey player uh as you just said, though, I would, uh, I would argue, you know, if I was hiring or if I had a company, a lot of companies hire NCAA athletes and I would hire hockey players based on what we just said, like the American league grind, the work ethic, kind of, um, the instant feedback loop of when you, when you mess up, you, you get a coach in your ear and then you got to go out and perform and kind of the, the things you deal with. Yeah. You might not have sat at a desk for five years pushing papers and now you can do that somewhere else. But I think uh, most guys I know that come out that just the experiences in the, uh, 
you're to be trial honest, by fire. I, I really want to cut you off there because I have been through it and um, like it, it has been, it was very hard for me and you don't appreciate what you've done as a teammate, as uh, like being part of organizations and knowing who's the coach, who's the manager, who's the owner, who are the players, like you learn who you are in that organization and you know how to play as that player. Um, when you become the real world and you know where you fit, but you have the work ethic and you're a team player, like for me, it's like if there's a guy above me or below me or wherever he is in the lineup, if he needs help, I'm going to go help him. I'm going to go over there and help him. And I'm going to say, well, this is what you do. Like, this is how you do it. Or whether I can or can't help him, I will go find him the help of who can help him because that is a hockey team. That's what people do. That's what we've done our whole lives. And people don't, in my opinion, give us enough credit when we're done hockey what we've done as teammates and what we've done as teams and you get out of it and it sucks. It, if people <laughs> don't give you the credit, people don't know. But then when like for myself, I found a company that gets it and they know I'm a people guy and I can run the people, but it's hard, man. Getting out of hockey is the worst thing you can do but owners and companies don't get what a hockey player can do for you because they can work they're a teammate they're going to help up and down the lineup they're they're team guys right sure yeah and dealing with people and that uh the general uh not everybody has it but that kind of they call it the eq the emotional intelligence just uh be able to talk to all the different people at the workplace and, and things like that, I think are more valuable than uh, pushing papers for five years with some experience doing it, you know, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And I'm kind of, when I was younger, I was always just, yeah, you know, I'll do this, do whatever I want, do whatever I want. I'm kind of realizing having seen some of my good friends uh, with good you're, degrees go through it and kind of get rejected for you're nine I months am. to a year of it and then it's like dude uh how can you not get a job you got an ivy league degree or whatever you know but then you're 35 and you haven't used it and it's like well all these these kids that were using it for the last 15 years well you were getting goals and assists and <laughs> no it's it's actually real and that's what every player goes through and when you get home it's like it gets it gets real very fast. I don't want to. It just that's just what happens. And it and I I can't wait to uh, see. Perhaps if you get your MBA in this wherever in the UK, and um, I can't wait to uh, see how it all goes. And then uh, I hope that's what you do. Um, if, if you need a place, I do have some connections somewhere. Just, so well, uh, I have, uh, 
agents scouring all the leagues in Europe right now. So uh, okay, we'll see. Well, yeah. Sounds like you're saying sooner rather than later, though. Well, I don't know. I like I. I'm not an agent. I'm just a podcaster. <laughs> um, but I do know people. But anyways, thank you for coming on. And it was great to get to know you more than when you just judged my body and me waddling <laughs> into the arena. And Ryan and Snook, I'm sorry for, you know, not taking your skates seriously enough. I, I was old. I was fat. I did the best I could. And I just want to thank the uh, Bayfield Brewing Company one more time for sponsoring this episode. And uh, also our sponsor, stayinblue.ca, Wally 20, 20% off three-night stay in the Blue Mountain Collingwood area. Just go to stayinblue.ca. And that's been another episode. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott, I'm a girl, man.